We're going to look at four verses in the book of Philippians. This is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a particular people at a particular time in Philippi. It was the first church that was founded in what's now Europe, right? And so he is writing to this church, and, and he's telling them, hey, this is how I want you guys to live. And here's the kicker. He's writing to them from prison. So he's in prison, and he cares so much about this church, this group of people, that he's writing to them and encouraging them. And this will be a letter that gets passed on then to other, other churches and then finally ends up in our hands still today, 2,000 years almost later. So here we go. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. When Paul uses those words in the first couple of sentences, always and again, he's saying, I really want you to get this. I really want you to hear what I'm saying. He's, he's saying, I wrote you this letter, and here I'm going to summarize it in these last few sentences, and I'm going to tell you this is what this letter is about. Again, I, I, I want you to know, rejoice in the Lord always, and I'll say it again, rejoice. This is, this is the summary. This is kind of like the main thing. This is the cliff notes. If you're going to not read the whole letter, just read these four verses a few more times and really get this, because I want you to get it. I want you to hear it. And it's as if he's saying, this is the good life. Like, this is the life that I want for you. And you read it, and, and here's what you read. You, you can throw the slide up there. You, you read, I want you to be joyful always. I want you to be gentle to everyone. I want you to be anxious about nothing. And then I want you to pray about everything. To which you might be sitting there reading that and thinking, yeah, right, not me. I'm anxious about stuff, and there's stuff that I should be anxious about, dang it. And I, and I can't be joyful all the time, and, and I can't be gentle to ever. Who, he's talking, okay, good, good for you, Apostle Paul. Like, that's why we call him Apostle Paul, like, because he can live that way, even apparently in prison. But I'm just a regular person going about my life in Orange County, California. This isn't for me. This is like for the pastor types. This is for the super spiritual. This is for the more like holy people to try to live this kind of a life. How do I do this? How? What does that look like for me? And Paul would say, no, 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 no. It's actually possible for you. In fact, Paul's writing to people just like you and me, just like us. There's no super spiritual formula. There's no special priestly types that get this and others don't. This is for us. This is about you and me and the lives that we can live. You don't have to have your whole Bible memorized to live the good life. You don't have to have grown up going to the church since you were a little kid to live the good life that Paul's talking about here. You don't have to be perfect. He's saying this is possible for you too, for me too, that we 
can be people who are joyful always, gentle to everyone, even people who don't deserve our gentleness, anxious about nothing, and prayerful about everything. We, we can live that way. And the good life is possible with one simple key, and Paul tucks it in there. He, he, it's it's kind of hidden in those four verses, and we'll, you, you can look back at it and see. He, he says, this is the key that opens the door and allows God to transform your mind, to renew your heart and mind. This is it. This is what it is. That key is, that secret is thankfulness. Thankfulness. Thankfulness is what we're going to see this morning. Paul would say, this is at the foundation. This is how you get there. This is how regular people, imperfect people like you and me, end up living the good life. Three things that thankfulness is that we're going to look at this morning. The first one is thankfulness is the path to the good life. Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. Paul is writing this from prison. The dude lived it. He can write and encourage us from prison because he's practicing it. He's learned the secret of being content in all circumstances. He's learned how to give thanks regardless of what's going on around him in his life. If business is up and to the right, he's giving thanks. If business is struggling, he's giving thanks. If relationships are great and thriving and harmonious, he's giving thanks. If there's tension, he's still giving thanks. He's trusting that there is a bigger God, that he can recognize that life is a gift, that God is consistently good. And even though hard things happen, and even though life can be difficult at times, that God is good, that he will be faithful, that he loves to give good gifts to his children, and he chooses thankfulness. And here's the thing. You can be thankful today and have a great day. You can be thankful tomorrow and have a great week. And you can be thankful day after day after day and have a great life. Because gratitude unlocks the good life that Paul is talking about. Gratitude is the path that leads to being able to be joyful all the time, to being able to be gentle to everyone, to being able to not have to be anxious about anything, and to be prayerful about everything. Thankfulness is the path to the good life. Thankfulness is also the password into God's very presence. The Bible says in the message, translation. He says, enter, the pass, enter with the password, thank you. How many of you, uh, when you were a kid growing up, your parents had like a magic word? And if you wanted something from them, or you, you have your own kids and you use this same tactic, if, if you wanted something, you would have to say the magic word, which was usually please, right? And then after they gave you the thing, they expected you to then say thank you. Uh, because no one wants a bratty, spoiled kid, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're like, you go to church kind of a family or what. No one wants a bratty, spoiled kid that just puts their hand out and like, gimme, 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 takes it and goes the other direction. 
everyone teaches their kids or at least wants their kids to be well-mannered and to say please and thank and to appreciate the gifts that we give them. That's just, that's just how we are. Hillary is like the most fun person, my wife, the most fun person to give gifts to. On Christmas, it's just like, it's, it's so cool because we'll be you know, maybe up in Washington with her family or something like that. We'll be sitting around, grandparents or aunts and uncles are there. And she's like 30-something now, you know, and, but it's still like a little, she's like still a little kid in all the right ways. So she gets this present, and she's just like ready to pounce on it with glee. And, and, she, and she tears it open. She's not like some of you trying to save the paper. She just like gets in there, opens this thing up, and then just lights up and is beaming and finds whoever gave it to her and says, thank you so much, and gives him a hug. I've talked to her afterwards, and sometimes it wasn't the present that she expected. It wasn't the thing that she secretly wanted, but she still just lights up and is like, you thought of me. You gave a gift. I love it. I'm so grateful. Thank you. And it just makes you want to give her more gifts. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, someone that appreciates it that much, someone who makes it that much fun and is so joyful and thankful about it, you just want to give her something else. And you, and you I should have bought her a nicer thing. It, it just inspires you to even be more generous when people are grateful. Actually, her, her grandmother told me that uh, when Hillary was a little girl, she was like, her mom was really like, kind of preaching to her thankfulness and thank you notes, and we write thank you notes. And so she actually wrote thank you notes for Christmas in advance. And uh, this is like seven-year-old Hillary. She gets these little thank you notes, and she writes, dear, she knew who was coming to Christmas. And so she, dear Aunt Karen, thank you so much for the, and then left a big blank line, <laughs> and then say, I appreciate it so much. Merry Christmas, Hillary. And then she had this little stack of thank you notes behind her as she sat around the tree with her family. And so she would get the thing, and she'd be like, oh and do her joyful thing, I'm so excited, and go give a hug, and then the next person would open their gift, because it was like a rotation deal, and so her brother's up, and when it's her brother's turn, then she kind of turns to the side, grabs the note, and writes in the blank, for the Barbie doll, and then, <laughs> and then takes the thank you note, and like takes it immediately over to her Aunt Karen, and places it in her hand in the moment. Hilarious. But everybody loved it, because everybody loves thankful people. Now, God is no different. He will still good, give good gifts to all his kids, even if they're spoiled brats who don't say thank you. He still gives good gifts, but he likes to be thanked. There's something about it. The Bible says that he, you, you enter into his presence with thanksgiving. There's something about it, like it, he tunes his ear a little bit more. When we are generous, when we are thankful, when we are grateful, and we just say, oh, I appreciate that, God. You did that thing. I see you did it. It's not just about me, and I am grateful, and it's just, there's something about it. It just kind of brings us closer to him. Do you know, that's why, we, that's why we sing praise songs here on Sunday mornings. This band is great. They could play Coldplay and Black Keys songs for you, you know, I mean, they're capable of that, but it just, it would be different. It wouldn't feel the same. There's something about singing out praises collectively that you just get like the veil between us and heaven is just a little bit thinner, right? And you just have a sense that, man, God is pleased with this. God is present here because he loves to be thanked. He loves when he is celebrated and there's something about it. There's, there's, a, there's a connection to him. That is even more tangible, perhaps, than the rest of the time. 
So if you are here, and if you've felt in this last season, or even right now, a disconnection, maybe you've been dry, maybe you've been discouraged, maybe you've felt like God is a million miles away, that's okay, we've all been there, but I'm telling you, the path back to closeness is thankfulness, and just whispering that prayer, God, I'm grateful, all this stuff is going wrong, maybe, and I'm in pain, and, but thank you. Thank you for the blessings that I do have. Thank you for the life that I do have. Thank you for the relationships that I do have. Thank you for being good to me and sustaining my life. Thank you that you created me and that you love me. Thankfulness is the path to the good life. It's the password into God's presence. And third, it's the power in prayer. It's the power in prayer. One of the verses that we read earlier said, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, there are some really good, well-meaning people in our lives, in our church, in our families, who really need to get this one. Because some of us pray panicked. You know what I mean? There's, there's, there's praying happening, but it's a frenzy of like panicked emotion. Like, God, I just need you to do this thing. This isn't going to work out. And if you don't show up, and I just have to do And it's just, it's just an outpouring of panic. And then, they, and then that person will say, I just, I just feel so anxious. I just, there's just so much stress in my life. And you're like, I see why. Because you're, you're praying, but really you're just panicking with religious language. If you want the peace of God, if you want power in your prayer, and if you want to just be rational and peaceful in your own heart and head, it starts with thankfulness. Thankful is the way that Paul says to pray. In all your prayers, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. When you start with gratitude, it sets the stage for everything else. It renews your focus and gives you new perspective. It allows you to see how God has been faithful in the past, time and time again. And he will get you through this, this time too. And he's got good things for his kids. And he's got a great future for you that he promises. And you don't have to panic. You don't have to be anxious about anything. It's not necessary. And for some of you who that's been like a stronghold that you just can't break through, thankfulness is the way to break through. By cultivating gratitude in your heart, in your mind, in your life, for all of God's blessings. Choose to pray with power and with purpose. And those things start with thankfulness. Psalm 103 says, Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. You and I have a propensity, a tendency to forget. We forget. We forget how he has 
shown up time and time again. We forget how he has kind of paved this path to where we are now and allowed us to be here. We forget the ways that he has been faithful in the past, and we tend to focus on what might happen or what we don't have or what we think that we need. And friends, we live in a culture that specializes in making you hate what you have and want what you don't. This culture is built, this, this world system is built around, around making you hate the things that you have and obsess about the things that you don't have. And you will never be satisfied as long as you let yourself just go with that cultural current because there will always be something else. There will always be something new, something better, something shinier, something younger, something more valuable in some way maybe. And the culture will continue to point you in that direction. Epicurus, a famous Greek philosopher, said, Do not spoil what you have by desiring what you have not. Remember that what you have now was once among the things you only hoped for. One definition of thankfulness is simply this. Wanting what you have. Wanting what you have. Just saying, God, thank you for giving this to me. Thank you that you have been generous with me, and I want this. I like this. I choose this because this is what you gave to me, and I am thankful. And then contentment can be considered not needing more. It's not to say that you can't ever buy another car, or it's not to say that you can't ever buy yourself anything. It's just to say that you're not going to have the attitude that says, I need more. That I just, I just need that thing. I just need to have that. I just need to be at that next level. I just need to be with that kind of person. I just need, 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 need. Thankfulness is wanting what we have and contentment is not needing more. Classic contentment joke coming your way right now. <laughs> Who is more content? The man with five million dollars in his bank account or the guy with five kids. I'll tell you, the guy with five kids, because he doesn't want any more. <laughs> my younger, let me highlight that again. My younger brother has a fifth kid that's going to be born next month. Fifth kid. And they are a fantastic family, but they can't want anymore because they can't afford any more of anything. They, they are, it is tight over there in the Midwest where you'd expect them to live probably. <laughs> People Magazine, People Magazine has, uh, good for them, they did a great kind of heartwarming article recently that I found and uh, it's the story about a woman named Carolyn James who was a student in a music class taught by this woman, Marty Hayes. And uh, I don't know what it was, like 40 years ago now, uh, the, the younger one in this picture was the student, and the one in the pink was the music teacher. And the music teacher made such an impact on students' life 
that it kind of shifted the course of the trajectory of her life. And, and the student then became a teacher and became a, a you know, music major in college and then went on to teach music because this teacher had inspired her and made her believe in herself and made her love music and appreciate it. And so it, it really just kind of set her on this path. 30 years after high school, 30 years go by, these two have no connection, no contact. Somehow they connect 30 years after the fact. And Carolyn, the, 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 the former student, realizes that her former teacher has dementia and isn't doing well. And her teacher doesn't have any family that take care of her. And so Carolyn, the student, talks to her husband and they decide to take her, the teacher, into their home. And for seven years... They care for this woman, Marty Hayes. For seven years, they care for her and meet all of her needs as she kind of goes downhill in dementia. 30 years, they never knew each other, had no contact. But those couple of years in high school shaped her life. And she was so grateful that she went to that extreme, welcomed this woman into her home. And when the dementia got so bad that she needed assisted living, they sold their home downsized so that they could pay for the assisted living for this woman. That's what gratitude can do to people. That's how gratitude can inspire us to take care of someone else. Let your gratitude make you extravagant. Let your thankfulness cause you to do radical things for other people. So grateful to God, so grateful to God for others that you just do crazy stuff. I didn't do anything crazy that I can tell you about this week, but yesterday I just called my grandma. I just called my grandma to tell her how much I love her and appreciate her, and I wanted her to know that last week I had talked about grandpa, and I had talked about his legacy, and I had talked about how much I appreciate him, and how much I appreciate her still going strong and being faithful and loving us so well, and she got emotional on the phone, and it made her day, because thankfulness goes a long way, friends. Thankfulness goes a long way in the lives of other people when you express gratitude, and also in your own heart as it tunes you in to how generous your God has been with you and it ushers you into that path of the good life. If the Apostle Paul were going to summarize what he would hope for our lives, yours and mine, just like the people in Philippi all those years ago, he would say the same thing. I want the good life for you. And the good life, believe it or not, is that you actually can be joyful always. You, you actually can be gentle to everyone. You actually can be anxious never. And you actually can pray about everything. It's possible for you. And it begins with thankfulness. Not with perfection, not with being the most disciplined person in the world, not with all the gold stars on your Sunday school chart. It starts with thankfulness. And gratitude. Now I want a little crowd participation from you because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help illuminate some things for you in your life very practically that you can choose to be thankful for today. One of them is your family. When you leave here and maybe you go to lunch, you do the, the cash mob and you go to Main Street Waffle and you, and you sit down, you're looking at your family. You can just be overflowing with thankfulness. And, and here's the word I want you to say is thank you. And, and, you, can say, and you can say to God, Thank you. I appreciate you right there, good man. We, we need more of that. So, so you, you say to God, thank you. 
Thank you for my family, even though I have this teenage daughter who's just all over the place. And you know, thank you, thank you. I am grateful for the family that you've given me. And when you get home, and maybe you live in like a small apartment, and you wish it was bigger, or maybe you live in a house, but you just all you can see is the stuff that isn't right yet, and that you have to fix and upgrade. But but you're not going to focus on that today. You're going to look at your house, and you're going to say. Thank you, God. Thank you that I have a roof over my head, that I have a place that's safe for myself or my family. I am grateful. And when you get into your car, you might have a 15-year-old car like I do. It runs like a dream, though. And <laughs> you, you might look at your car, and you might see your neighbor's car or your friend's car, and you might think, I just, you know, if I could just get that next Tesla model, then my life would be complete, you know. Uh, but, but you're not going to do that today. You're going to look at your car, and you're going to say, Thank you, because it's a gift from you, and I want what I have, and I don't need more. And, and ladies, when you drive past Target, you're going to say, thank you. I don't need anything that's in that store today. <laughs> thank you, shouts a husband from the front. And gentlemen, when you're home watching a football game and you see your TV on the wall, you are going to say, thank you that my TV is big enough. <laughs> and when you're traveling for this holiday season and you find yourself in a security line on a random check and you have to get felt up by some overly aggressive TSA agent, you're going to say thank you, and not in a weird way, because uh, <laughs> you're lonely or something, but just, be just because... Just because you live in a nation that, that actually cares about your family's safety and well-being. And if you look at your college football team and, and uh, no, no, and you, and you see them just embarrassing themselves on national television, you're still going to say, Thank you, because at least I don't have to wear powder blue my whole life, you know? <laughs> I started a habit right after uh, Hillary's mom passed away. It was, it was just such a profound experience for me, being with her and her families through that and seeing her kind of go from this life to the next life, and, and I thought, man, this is, this is a game changer, and I want to I wanna make sure that I really get this. Uh, and so I woke up the next morning, and I started writing down in a journal every single day the things I was thankful for, and I just wrote them down. And I did that every single day for a year. Since then, I've just been doing it more in my head as I drive. But, but I, again, for this Thanksgiving season and for the rest of this year, I'm writing them down again in my journal just as that discipline. There's something about slowing down and writing with an actual like pen and paper. Those still exist. Uh, and, and it gives you time to like really process and feel the emotion and begin to be generous or be grateful about it. And, and so I wanted, to, I wanted to give you that opportunity and give you that encouragement today. And so we put we put this card uh, in your bulletin, and so I would invite you to grab that and look at that, and, and I, I'd encourage you to write, you can, you, maybe this morning, maybe at lunch, maybe later today, but, but would you write this week? Would you write things that you're thankful for? Would you take that time uh, to really be grateful, to list them down, maybe pin it on your mirror in the bathroom or uh, in your car, on your dashboard or something like that, and just begin to allow yourself to cultivate 
gratitude and really let it sink in and, and, and take a habit like that seriously because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it is a game changer. And, and Paul is serious when he talks about thankfulness is really, really important. It's the pathway to this good life. Uh, we also have something else in your bulletin that I want you to do right now, if you would, uh, as another expression, a tangible way that you can express your gratitude and thanking God for, for everything that he gives you. Uh, we put this second envelope in your bulletin. Here's the thing. This is an envelope where whatever you put in this monetarily, if it's cash or a check uh, or you do a credit card kind of thing here or, or whatever, uh, every penny of this goes to our outreach efforts in this community in Mexico, uh, even supporting things like what's happening in the Ukraine. Uh, it all goes out. It all goes out into our tutoring at Pacific Court, into Oakview, uh, into other organizations that we partner with and serve with. It's just a way for us, before you go and spend a bunch of money on gifts and things that people are going to give away next year anyway, uh, that you can pause and you can say, you know what, as an expression of my gratitude, God, I'm, I'm going to give something away. And this is going to go to do good for those who are in need in my city, in my community. We love and appreciate all that you've already done, buying presents for families and canned food goods and the ways that you've served and we saw the pictures. We just thought that there's, there's one more little step that we can take as an expression of our gratitude that's just going to dump a bunch of love into the city that we live in. So if you would take this, if you would join us in that, there's going to be ushers that come in just a, just a minute, and they're going to pick up these. There's also another way that you can give if you prefer. It's called push pay. You could take out your iPhone, and you can uh, send a text to this message if you have this on the screen that you can text Mariners HB to 77977. And uh, what it does is it generates, it generates a text message back to you with a link to a website where it's totally secure. You can go on and make a one-time gift or an ongoing gift. Same thing, two outreach, all of it goes out into our community to bless those who don't have as much as us in this season. So would you do that? Would you take a moment to participate in that way, expression of your gratitude with generosity? And the band is going to play behind us, and they're going to lead us at this time as we focus our gratitude toward generosity.